Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Last week, on Tuesday as well, about being credit um, responsible and understanding that, you know, it could get you into trouble if you're not, if you're biting more than you can chew, not able to make payments, not able to pay it full on time. That's when it can work against you. So remember it, you know, we, we remember we did, we asked everybody when we did a survey about being credit responsible and not putting on more than you can chew, but using credit to your advantage. Right. And how much it can open up a whole different world for you. Let's go to the next slide. All right. So then we got into looking at a sample of a credit report. And this is kind of where we left off. So the first number one line really shows um, your name. And this is really so most of my, including myself, I didn't see my first credit report so I, until I was applying for my first mortgage. And I think it's important that everybody has an understanding of how a credit report looks and, and what you should be looking out for. So it doesn't become an intimidating thing or something that you're nervous about. You know, that's the point of this entire program is like to really plant a lot of seeds with you guys. So, you know, you understand basic financial literacy principles. You start having that wealth mindset and you're able to grow on your own, knowing that you have the confidence that you can achieve wealth in, in the country that we live in. Um, so the first line is your personal information and understanding that you have a unique identifier, which is your tax ID, your social insurance number, knowing that um, that number is really the number that define that that's the identifier that identifies who you are more than your name. And it's making sure the information is correct. Like if you're missing a middle initial in your name, you need to get it correct by calling the bureaus. If your name is misspelled, you need to get it correct. If your date of birth is wrong, you need to get it corrected. These are things that can lead to problems down the road because Information is constantly being fed into these bureaus, and if, it, if there's a mismatch, it could throw off your score. So you really need to make sure that everything is as accurate as possible. Okay, and then um, number two is um, hyperlinks, where you can just click on to them and get to where you need to go to faster. Number three is potentially negative items. So what we talked about in last class, 
and I'll ask you again, if something is negative on your credit report, but it is true, can it be removed? Anybody, can anybody tell me? If something is on your credit report that's negative, saying that you missed four payments and you truly did miss four payments, can we get that removed? No. Yeah. Exactly. What if someone tells you, oh, I can fix your credit. I can get that off your credit. Don't worry about it. Just pay me $500 and I'll make it go away. Can that person do that legally? No. No, no exactly. Trust me, as simple as that sounds, people believe that and pay these people money and they do a lot of different scams, okay? Like, so that's a big no. It's like a re- your report card. You know, unfortunately, if you get a low grade on your report card, you can't remove it. The only way you can bring up your GPA is if you do well in other courses. It's just like with credit. So if you have something negative on your credit report, to really make it to do decrease your score is to pay those other bills, continue to start paying that one on time, keeping minimal balances, that sort of thing. And it'll hopefully bring up your score. All right. But potentially negative items that are not true, can you get them removed? Can you get them removed? Yeah. Yes. And how would you do that? Say something came up on your credit report from TransUnion that showed that you you own a Porsche 911 and you have at least in California, but you live in New York. How would you get it removed? And it's saying you missed five payments. Don't you like talk to your bank about it? Nope. Well, you could go to your bank first, but if your bank didn't finance it, you could, uh, that's not a, you're absolutely right. You could go to where you got the financing from and so, well, you didn't get that financing. So it's not even anything to do with you. It's saying you leased a car from in Malibu a Porsche 911 and you don't even live in Malibu and the bank is, is called um, Malibu's Great Great Bank. What would you do? You would go to tran- the, the actual, the one that, the thing that it says that it has, what did you say? Trans, trans- Union, yeah. Yeah, TransUnion. You would go to TransUnion and you would tell them. This is, and they need to ask you for supporting documents. And then you know you're right in saying you could go to Malibu great rates and call them and tell them what is this that you guys are sending over to the credit bureaus i've I've never even had an account with you then they can send you a letter saying that you don't have an existing account with us and then you could send that over attach it to an email and send it over to transunion to let them know i'm not even you know you have the wrong person right make sense like i had an episode with my friend's mother she was buying she's trying to buy a house i was helping her buy a house this is a few years ago and she's actually a, a, an immigration officer. And she had to have an ambulance pick her up one time. Nothing serious, thank God. But um, the hospital kept setting her bills for the ambulance fee. And she knows through her job, she's a, an immigration officer. She, doesn't, she has great medical. Her job covers that. So she was basically just ignoring it because she knew that hopefully eventually her job is going to kick in and pay that bill. But what happened, they never did... And when we got to the closing table now, her credit score was like initially 780. So they gave her a rate based on having an excellent credit. By the time we were ready to close now, when they re-ran her credit, it dropped to like below 700. And they adjusted the rate that she was going to be paying like 100 something dollars more a month. And I was like, no, we're not going to accept this. And I'm saying, let us let me look at your report. And that ambulance bill payment came up. And she was like, well, I don't, I have full insurance. She tried to show the bank her insurance card. The bank was like, well, that's not our problem. This is what your credit report says. So to make a long story short, we had to do what you just did. We had to um, show, call the hospital, 
provide them with her health card from her come from the from where she worked for uh, the government. They took that card, then applied the payment to her insurance, and then it took like a week or so to get off her credit report, and then her then her score jumped back up, and then we were finally able to close. You know, push back the closing over a month because all those all that had to get changed. And to me, it was worth it because it was a hundred something dollars more a month you'd have to pay in payments because of her credit score dropping. And this is what the point I say about good credit. You know, good credit saves you money. That's really what credit is. It's you're trying to have access and get a discount. You know, one thing about in the United States, you know, bad credit does not prevent you from get, getting access to mortgages, getting access to a car loan, car note, but it just makes you pay more. Like, here's a question for you. You pull up to a red light and there's two cars at the red light beside you. One is a brand new Tesla and the other one is an old Honda Accord. Who's paying more every month if they both the decided Honda, to lease the, the car? Tesla. Who's paying more? Let's do another survey, Ramon. One the says Tesla. Tesla, two says Honda. Tesla. One says Tesla, two says Honda. Who's paying the most? Ramon, are you with? Are you there? You're there, right, Ramon? He's not in. Is he on the line? Is he in the chat? Maybe I just step away for a second. All right, so Nigel, let's sum it up. Let's see what we get. I think we've got we got a lot of twos, some ones. Honda. So two is Honda. So how many twos we got there, Rachel? One, two, three. One, two, four. three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. Oh, I thought one was Honda. Nine. One is, what is, what is, did I say one is Honda and two is Tesla? How did, what did I say? You said one was Honda. One is Honda. Okay so, okay, so how many Teslas do we have at number two? We have nine twos. That's Tesla. And how many Hondas do we have? We have one, three. two, three, four, five, six, six Hondas. Six Hondas, nine Teslas. Okay, let me ask the Honda people. Ten Why did you choose Honda? Oh, wait. It seems like... There's some confusion about which one was one and which one was two. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, so, so should we back to back really quickly? Was Honda, sorry. Okay, let's just make it easy. Put a Honda or Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> My <Yeah>. apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we overthink. This, we overthink in this generation. Like, is that a one or two or... You know, trail with Honda because it's paid off. All right, so those that put one or two, please replace it with either Honda or Tesla. And we'll add it up again. Wow. Looks like Honda. Guys... So those are saying that the person driving the old Honda is going to be paying more than the guy driving the brand new Tesla. That's what we're the overall overwhelming. Responses, Rachel and Nigel, would you guys agree? I agree. Yeah. That's what it's looking like. Looks like Honda's winning it, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's ask the Honda people. Why do you say Honda? Akeem, why are you saying Honda? Emmanuel, why are you saying Honda? So you have to have good credit for um, a Tesla? Okay. Possibly. I don't know what the learning criteria is, but you know, I, I like how you're thinking. So you're saying that's so you're saying the person 
wouldn't get qualified, so they just have to re- result in getting a Honda. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, no, I let me not put because in your it mouth. takes more to keep up with. Yeah, a, a Tesla is definitely way more than um, a Honda. So it's, who's paying more every month? The Tesla? I would say Tesla. Yeah, let me just throw in granted the Tesla is definitely more expensive than the Honda. There's, I'm not debating that. But who's going to be paying more every month? I think the Tesla. Okay. How many people say the Honda? Honda. And why do you say the Honda? Because. Huh? Didn't you say that the credit, like, like, um, if you have, like, a good credit, like, they put down, like, the bill or something that you have to, like, pay? I like where you're going. I like where you're going with it. I like where you're going with it. All right. So let me, let, let me leave you guys out of suspense. Um, the answer is, I don't know. And let me tell you why the answer is, I don't know. Um, yeah, years ago, I was looking at, exactly, I was looking to buy, an, and it actually was a Honda when I first, no, a Maxima, a Nissan Maxima. And I was living in Flatbush, Brooklyn at the time. And I, if anybody knows Kings Highway, I just went to the, north, the closest dealership where I lived, which was I was living in the 90s. And uh, I went to ask, inquire about um, getting a, a Nissan Maxima. And he was telling me, you know, uh, it would have been about $600 a month. And at that time, I was working at Chase Bank. Uh, and I said, well, let me just go to the dealership in Manhattan. And it was for no particular reason. Just and this is a used Nissan Maxima. It wasn't new. It was really just for me to look at the new ones and just awe them. And hopefully one day I'd be able to get one. And when I got there and I told them what I want and they ran my credit, they saw that I had great credit. They were like, okay, no money down, $300 a month. And I said, excuse me? They were like, yeah, $300 a month. I said, in brand new? Excuse me. And he said, yes. And I was like, I was just in Brooklyn. And a used one, they were going to charge me $600 a month. Why are you charging me? I thought it was such a scam. Something had to be wrong that I didn't, I didn't fully understand. I didn't grasp. So I went back to the dealership in Brooklyn. And I said, you know, you're charging me $600 for a used car. And I can get the same exact car brand new and only pay $300 a month. And he said, what's your credit? And I said, it's about $770. He goes, this place is not for you. This place is only for people with bad credit. So this is why I say... You don't know because I've seen in so many cases with friends of mine with not so good credit where they're paying an arm and a leg for like a simple thing like a car versus what I'm paying for something brand new. So once again, the answer is a person with Tesla can have great credit and have a great deal while the person driving the Honda has horrible credit and paying an arm and a leg for a car that's worth a tenth of what the Tesla is worth. So back to my point, you can get credit, you can buy a home, but you're just going to pay more than the average person if your credit is bad. So you're doing yourself such a disservice um, with bad credit. Make sense? Depends on the credit. Everybody gets a different deal. Exactly. Yeah. Well said, well stuffed up. All right. So let's go. Let's continue the next slide. Um, number four now. I can't really read it too well. Um, there we go. Indicates the current status of the account. So let's just say, see, they says status paid past due nine, 30 days. Um, it shows, and if you look further down, it shows the date that was open, how long it was open for. It shows how many payment, what your monthly payment is. This gives you a brief summary of the type of credit you have. 
um, and what the status is of it. So remember, a credit report is only showing things that potentially are on credit or loans in that nature. So is it going to show, is a credit report going to show your, your bank account balance? Huh? Does anybody help me? Can I, are you going to be able to see your bank, your savings? or no. your, your Exactly. So when the question asked earlier in the, in the course about, you know, using a debit card versus a credit card or was a debit card hurt your credit, it doesn't either because it's really, you're not crediting anything. You're borrowing your own money. And, you know, there, there, are, there are laws, protection laws against accessing people's account. That's even like former president. You guys heard about Donald Trump where they were trying to look into his taxes and access account. You, you, just, you just can't, government or people just can't arbitrarily go and research a person's account and pull certain things. It's actually not even, it's not even, it's against the law. You have to get permission. So don't think that, um, you know, people can access your bank account and see how much, see what your bank account balance is and those sort of things. It's, it's really prohibited. Um, so anything to do with your tax ID where you provide it when, could show up on your credit report. Am I making sense? Hello, yes? Could you repeat that again, please? Anything that you gave someone your tax ID, your social, social insurance number, has a potential to show up on your credit report. Anytime you take any form of loan, we have a payment plan, we have to make a payment, that can show up on your credit report. Yes. Rent can show up. Missed rent payments can show up on your credit report. Yes. It's for the landlord myself to report it to the bureaus, but the, potentially it can show up on your report. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, good. And then we talked about last week, you know, see the days open when you opened your account. I mean, the longer you've opened your account and you've made great payments, the more credit history you have. That's why having no credit is not a good thing. And that's what we talked about. And Mr. 850 and myself mentioned last class, the earlier I believe you establish credit, the better off you'll be. And there was a young lady, I don't know if it was this class or the other class, that mentioned that her mom opened up an account for her, a credit card for her, and her credit score is now like 722. Was it this class or was it Benjamin's class? I can't it was, remember. This class. It was, it was this class. It was in our last, um, during the uh, spring cohort as well. Correct. Okay. So those are beautiful things. Because she has an, an, I would call it a competitive advantage or just an advantage that by the time she graduates from college, she can have like a 750, 760 score. And that's just as good as having an 850 score. All right. You can be, be proud to be called Mr. or Mrs. 750. It's just as strong as Mr. Mr. 850. Don't let him bully. Don't let Mr. 850 bully. Okay. Once you get over 750, you're all playing the same game. Um, let's go to the next slide. Okay, so accounts in good standing. So these are accounts where you've done well. You've made your payments. Everything is good. Um, you know, they'll show them. And, and I, to be honest with you, I don't think you have to really look over these too carefully because it's saying everything is good and it's helping you. It's a positive. You really want to look at your credit report to find things that are negative to figure out how you can do better. You know, could there be things in your credit report that are good that you didn't put there? Absolutely. And if you want to report it, God bless you. But um, the good thing, <laughs> yes. Uh, let, me, let me jump in real quick. The, um, the account in good standings, um, uh, this is the experience. So uh, I received the TransUnion 
um, reports. So the mines are a little different and they, they kind of combined all the accounts and the ones not in good standings are in red and show whether they're 30 days or 90 days or 120 days late automatically. So anything in red, if I see your report, I don't, you know, it just pops out at me. Or if there's no red, it pops out at me as well that, whoa, this guy has all on time payments um, and, you know, he's current with everything. So that really speaks volume to everything, you know, when I'm looking to have a tenant get into an apartment. So this speaks volume to anything you do as a student moving forward into an apartment somewhere. And as we know, if you get, uh, if you're fortunate enough to get a MedKit on New York Connect apartment, which is a really reasonable point, you don't want any anything uh, simple to prevent you from getting that apartment. You want to make sure all your 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 T's your, are crossed and your I's are dotted properly. So these reports, you have to look at these critically and get and get familiar with them as you go forward. And if you have a credit card, just you know, look at your score uh, and look at your report. You can pull it and it shouldn't cost you anything as, as you go forward. But yeah, the accounts and good standings show where, if you have an automobile or if you just have credit cards, how you've been paying that up. All right, Sean. Yeah, and I can tell you this, credit bureaus and banks and anybody that's providing a credit report, they've really done a good job to make it as simple and as easy as possible to understand. You know, they're not like, there's not some hidden lines that you're not going to see or be aware of. They really make it very simple and clear for you to follow and understand. And just like with any report card, like, you know, you get a report card and you get a, a bad mark in history, you know, you have to work harder on in history. If you're seeing that you're missing payments or you're not paying on time, you, you can't afford to pay full on certain credit cards or, or loans, you have to then, you know, coach yourself to do better and figure out where where am I going wrong? Am I overspending? I'm not making it. And, you know, I do this self-evaluation with myself constantly. And then I do a big one every year in January, which I mentioned before, I go through all my expenses, but I look and see, you know, like, for example, I had a mortgage that I got like about 15 years ago. And it was like, you can pay interest only, or you can pay interest in principle. And when I was young and aggressive, I was just paying interest only because I was like, you know, I'm going to keep the same balance and then I'm going to flip it out and buy something else. And then as I get older, I now I, I get a little more aggressive with my payments. I pay more than interest only. I pay principal as well, bring them down because my outlook and my mindset has changed more. Like, you know, I want to be able to pay these assets off and pass them on to my children. So, you know, it's about, you know, always self-evaluating, seeing where you are and knowing ways in which you can do better. And we all, you know, we're, myself included, that's even why I like teaching this program because it just reaffirms things that I need to do to make sure that I'm, um, work I'm, I'm achieving things that i need to do in financial literacy as well you know i'm sure that's the same with mr 850 nigel rachel's ramon everybody else on this call we this is an ongoing journey you know and the sooner you start this journey and create those disciplines the better you'll be and it starts with looking at your credit report i know people that are scared to look at their credit report and you can't because this is how you're going to be judged for a lot of different things in life by your credit so you have to know before you sit down to get a loan or mortgage, you should already have known your report, know what's on it, you know, be able to talk your way through it. This should be like, um, no surprises. There's a question in the chat asking if you can pay more on your interest from Akeem. 
pay yeah. more in what way? Make a larger payment? I think so. Yeah, we we don't encourage paying the minimum payment because it gets back to that word, that D word. What's that D word we like to we like I like to say a lot? If you're just making minimum payments, what are you how are you looking to for future creditors? You're looking desperate. You're looking like you can only desperate. afford that amount. Desperate. desperate, exactly. And so you don't want to look desperate because if you're seeking further credit or further opportunities down the road, you want to always show, you know, it's like a catch-22. You know, you're, you're, you're in need of credit. You'll find that as you get older. You're like, you know, I'm trying to get credit and the bank is telling me no because I'm used up a lot of credit that I already have. But that's the only reason why I'm going to them for more credit. And, you know, I, I found myself in that position a lot when I was younger. But you have to understand, they, and anything in life, you always want to follow the three C's, calm, cool, and collective. You want to act like you got this covered, you need the credit, but you don't need the credit, you have access to credit that you're not really using, but you're trying to seek better opportunities. You always want to be in this cool mode that you're not in a desperate situation. So making minimum payments sends a red flag that, okay, you're making your payments, but you can't afford to make more than your payments. So why would I lend you more money? Get it? Um, Sean, I want to make one quick point as we go forward, and, and then I guess we can go to the next slide. As you know, there's a um, rent moratorium. I mean, the people who can't pay rent, the state is protecting them, so we can't, uh, landlords can't evict them. So what landlords are doing is whatever criteria they follow, they're very strict now. So case in point, I have an apartment that's coming up that's gonna be available. I post it, I get a flood of calls. When I ask the question, what's your score? Because I don't want to pull it and then, you know, make you waste your money because I don't pay for that. They pay for it. So when I say, what's your score? They say, oh, it's 740. I said, the ad said a minimum 650. I mean, if it's 640 and the ad says 650, that 10% knocks them out. I don't give them a break. You can't do 650. You can't come in. Now, I've been fortunate. Most of my tenants, if not all of them, have at least... Um, a seven eight, I mean a six eighty, or higher, you know. But I used to give breaks, but because of the moratorium now and, and all this stuff with evictions, I I can't take a chance on you. So whatever criteria I've set up, you as the person looking for an apartment have to meet it. I don't give any breaks because I can't afford to get stuck with someone. And I've been lucky; I only had one person. I have one person who's playing a game, but all that's going to eventually come to an end, eventually. All right, so let's go forward. What would be the um, next one? So I want somebody to help me through this and read request for your credit history. Can somebody read that for me? I got you. Thank you. Where, where what? Request for your credit history is there on the right-hand side and with the black font below that. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, also called inquiries, requests for your credit history are logged on report. Yeah, um, logged on your report whenever anyone reviews your credit information. There are two types of inquiries. You want me to con um, continue reading? Yeah, yeah, yes, please. Got you. Inquiries, my phone dying. Inquiries resulting from a transaction initiated by you. These include inquiries, credit insurance, no, my bad, from your applications for credit insurance, housing, or other loans. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. They also include transfer of an account to a collection agency. Creditors may view these items when evaluating your credit worthiness yep. inquiries resulting from transactions so number two so that's number one so point number two now is inquiries resulting from transactions right uh, okay, continue well inquiries resulting from transactions you may not have initiated but that are allowed under fcra these include pre-approved Let's stop there so this basically means that there are two type of inquiries, okay? The, the first one that they meant, uh, number one, we call it, we like to call it a hard inquiry, meaning that you are seeking credit. You are trying to get, like they said in here, a loan, you're trying to get a mortgage, uh, the credit is coming after you. Those are things that will show up in your credit report where your credit had to be pulled. So a lot of you like to ask the question, does it hurt my credit score um, to have my credit pulled? And they're very, they're very, um, they like to be very controlling over who pulls their credit report. And the answer is it can. No, does that, do I let that stop me from when I'm rate shopping to a certain extent? No, because I'm not going to get myself into a higher rate just because I don't want my credit report pulled. But you can be control the, the end game to that by having a copy of your credit report available and telling people like the rules of engagement. Hey, when I'm looking for a mortgage, I'm like, hey, my name is Sean Linda. I saw a four family building that I'm looking to buy. I have an 800 credit score. If you want, I can print out a copy and send it to you. But what rates or terms can you give me based on my credit score? Based on blah, blah, blah. Ask me all the questions you need to ask me. And then if they say, well, Sean, we can give you a 4% interest rate, blah, 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 blah. Then I'll say, okay, and I'll compare it to what other deals I'm going to get. And then when I finally see the deal that I like, I'll say, okay, I think I'm going to move forward with Bank of Nigel versus Bank of Rachel or Taquan. And then I'm going to say, okay, Nigel, are you sure? What are your current terms and rates happening right now? Just to reiterate what you told me a week ago. And we say, yeah, this is a deal. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, let's, let's move forward with this. 
And the last thing I'm going to tell you is pull my report. I'm even going to start filling out forms, applications. And then once we get to that part, I'll tell he finally says, well, we finally now need to pull your report. I'm like, okay. And I'm managing the risk. I'm managing my exposure. I'm putting the onus on them to, to like do what they, their due diligence before they pull my credit. Because a lot of people, they want to, you know, they want to, a lot of banks and loans and everything, they want to grab you before anybody else grabs you. So they'll make you do all these preliminary things that you don't necessarily need to do right away. So you're, so you're kind of already indebted with them. You know, you're like, oh, Bank of America already pulled my credit. They already ran this, they already did this form. But they still have the right of refusal. They can still decline you. And that's a frustrating thing that happens to, you know, people and, you know, especially people in our community that don't know better. They'll go through stage one, two, three, five, six, seven with a bank. And then the bank will decline and they get frustrated. And they're like, I'm, I'm done with banks. I'm done with loans. They have a bad experience and they don't want to just try it again because it was such a long and tedious process. So I try to be really upfront and like be aggressive with them to get their stuff together before we did. So then I'm not going that length. And, you know, and one thing I don't, and all that I put everything on the table, here's my situation because chances are they're going to find it anyhow. And I hate to be in a situation where like, you think everything is good. And then they were like, Oh, we saw that you missed a payment a couple weeks ago. Oh, we didn't know you had more than one dependent. And then the deal gets thrown off or they want to put something in there. So I'd like, before you come in, I'm going to tell you my situation. And we all have a situation, good or bad. And then let them decide what they can do. And people respect that more. And then you'll understand like what terms you can get, you know, where you can play based on what you're putting on the table to them. Like even with my contractors, I'm, I'm doing some renovation on, on my home. And it's just like negotiating 101. You know, I tried to hire people with certain levels of experience and professional. So they'll, they'll tell me they have these things I'm learning in renovation called add-ons. Okay, I committed to them renovating the kitchen. They'll break down all the walls. Like, oh man, we saw that there's a brick loose and that wasn't part of the deal. So we're going to have to charge you now two extra thousand dollars to fix that brick kind of thing. And they call them quote unquote add-ons. So my thing is, so they'll say, okay, I'll be like, agree. Okay. Fix the brick. And then when they're fixing the brick, like, oh, you need a special kind of brick now. And I'll say as part of a negotiating tactic, I hired you as a professional. You've been doing this for X amount of years. There should be no kind of surprises like this from the time you've given me a quote and committed to a quote. I'm not extending where the where you didn't lack the understanding to know that this problem could have arise and not put it into your calculation. And it kind of puts them in a mode where they have to now become on the defense one and defend their actions. And it's the same thing when negotiating with when it comes to deals. When you put everything forthcoming and you make sure they commit to what you've provided to them and you know what you provided to them is accurate, they can't double talk you in the back end. That makes sense. I just right? want to talk to you on time because we've got 15 more minutes. So I didn't know if we wanted to get Oh, sorry. I know, I know. I go off on tangents and, you know, bad shot. But no, I'm just kidding. I just want to make sure because I know we're still in we're still in class. Three. We're still in class three. Yes. So that's what I want to say. And then the, the soft inquiries are places that where you get those pre-approvals in the mail and they're telling you certain offers that you want. You didn't control that. It's coming to you um, unexpectedly. And those don't hurt your credit score. So basically, in the last 15 minutes I've gone off, there are hard inquiries and soft inquiries. And thank you, Rachel. Let's go to the next slide. All right, so this is another credit score, a credit report story. And can anybody tell me um, where it's coming from, um, what credit bureau it's coming from? 
and what what are you learning from it? So Dante, what are you learning from this report? Um like the whole report that, from this right here that I'm looking at? Yeah, what do you see? Tell me what you see. Um I don't know how to say that word. Avantis? Yeah, I, I, I get it. Um the credit summary. Right. It's a summary. Exactly. I see the credit score. Correct. What do you see? I see I score singular or plural. Singular or plural. I can't. Can you, you see can more you than like one credit score? In. You see you see more than one credit score? You see Yeah, I see more than one. So what I is it more. saying to you? What does it say above the credit scores? What do you see? That it's increasing? No, what do you see? Okay, you see 730, right? What's above it? What's below it? No, go back oh, up, what's Rachel. Be- what's below? Where? No, you see the score 730 right there where they, Rachel's going to point that arrow right there. You see 730? Yeah. Okay, what's the word above it? See, oh, that's point right transunion. Transunion. Now go to the next one. It says 732. What does it say? Experience. And the other one, it says 734. What does it say? Equifax. So what is the story? What is the story it's telling you right now? This company, Avantis, maybe some kind of mortgage company, some kind of lender, and they pulled your credit report from three different credit bureaus, correct? And this is how you're being evaluated. Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I thought you was. Are you with me? Yeah, yeah. I thought you was still asking me a question. Yeah, I am sorry. I'm asking you a question, but I'm not asking in the right way. I apologize. So you see that it's pulling your credit report, right? Yeah. Yes? From three different credit bureaus, right? Correct? Yeah. Now, these credit bureaus, are they speaking to another? Is TransUnion saying, oh, I sent my credit report over to them, to Advantage, and Experience saying, we sent ours too, and Equifax is saying, and they're all speaking together, are they doing it independently? Independently. Correct. So this is where now very good. So this, is, so this is where Dante, they're looking and they're saying, as in you think about you as be working at Avantis. You're looking at Dante's credit report and seeing that okay, TransUnion says you have a 730, Experian has a 732, Equifax has a 734. Do I want to lend this gentleman money? Does this say what does it say about your you so far? Does it say that you're decent, you're okay, you're excellent? What is it saying? I would say that I'm decent. You're decent, yeah. They're looking at you like, okay, this this could be a this could be an applicant, and now they can dig. This is why the credit score is a summary. If this was really low, like Jeff was saying, if he didn't see anything above six fifty, he's just dismissing. He doesn't even need to see the detail, right? Because they're like, nah, these scores we're not having it. So now they're going to look at specifics. So we can scroll up a little, uh, Rachel, please. So now it's going to show the number of accounts. You know, we can look into detail and say, how many accounts do I have this person have? Oh, they have quite a few, 28. Uh, how many are active? How many are missed payments? You can see like, okay, how many public records? You can see now specifics of how, what drew them to get to this score. Look at that revolving credit line used, 15%. You see that in the right-hand side there? Oh, Below the, no, no, go over, Rachel, down the bottom right-hand side. Where it says available credit, right? So does that person look desperate? No, not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. They look like they're chilling. They're cruising, right? So 
Imagine that number was instead of 15%, was at 98%. Would they look desperate? Would you give that person a mortgage where they've utilized almost all of their credit? No, that's being desperate. That's being desperate. So think of you as a lender. Exactly. Would you not like consider this applicant? They, they've only, they have $87,000. I think that's the number available. They've only used up less than 20% of their available credit. Would you give this person a mortgage if they had good income? Yeah. And they have no past due. And they have no past due. That's why sometimes when people get declined, it's nothing personal. It's somebody reviewing like this. And there's not a name associated, just their tax ID. And if you get declined because of bad credit history, how, as think about from the lender's perspective, why would I take the chance of lending this person money available when they, there's a high chance they won't pay me back? Does that make sense to everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go to the next slide. All right, this is more just going through the specifics of a credit report, and let's keep scrolling through. Are we once again? This is just specific lines in a credit report um, inquiries. Go ahead. All right, let's just talk about some of these terms, okay? That you need to know um, when you see them on the back of a credit card, or you see them in general, okay? Um, the first one is annual percentage rate, and I'll read it out loud. It's an annual interest rate that includes the cost of fees and the base interest does not factor in compounding. Credit cards can have multiple APRs from purchases, cash advance, and balance transfers, as well as penalty rates or promotional rates. Your APR depends on your credit. APRs can also vary over time versus the prime rate. An An index interest rate for the most loans based on the Federal Reserve's Fed fund rate. I know that sounds confusing, but let me just summarize it to you as best as I can. Based on your credit, they can charge you whatever rate they want to charge you. Okay, they still would have to remain competitive amongst their competitors. If you have an 850 score and they're going to try to charge you 30%, they probably won't get many clients because the 850 people are going to go to better rates. But as your credit gets worse, they can charge you a higher rate. Cash advances. If you have to get a cash advance on your credit card. And let me just explain what that is for those that don't know what it is. You have your credit card, not your bank card, and you're using it to take out hard cash and not purchase an item. Does that make you look desperate or not desperate? I'm sorry, could you say that again? The first part it cut off for me. A cash advance. So it's basically using your credit card to withdraw actual money off your credit card. Does that make you look desperate? If I have to go to my credit card to get out hard cash, do you think you're in a position of desperation? No, no because you can no. be paying back the money. Okay, let me give you an example. Cash advances have a very high interest rate, and the, and the interest starts immediately. You know what I mentioned? When you purchase something on a credit card, you have 30 days minimum before you have to pay it back. With a cash advance, as soon as you take it out, as soon as you withdraw that money, the interest starts accumulating. And even if you have a great credit score like Mr. 850, interest rates are still high on all cash advances. There's no breaks on a cash advance. So I'll ask the question again. Do you look desperate by getting a cash advance? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's my fault I didn't explain it clearly. Cash advances, they're designed to serve people that are desperate. If you have to result in getting a cash advance, you're telling the credit card company you have no money in the bank, you have no access to cash. So they're going to charge you a lot of money to pull that money out. 
So you don't want to ever resort to having to do a cash advance on your credit card. Okay. Uh, balance transfers are, you know, a, a thing I love to take advantage of when necessary. So balance transfer means that one thing about America, you can have a balance on a credit card and then transfer that balance onto another credit card. And, you know, you can watch and see where interest rates are. If interest rates are high on your credit card and you have to revolve the balance and you can go online, search balance transfer deals and Citibank may be offering a zero interest balance transfer for the next 12 months. And in summary, that means you're on a zero interest loan and you can pay that off in most likely, hopefully equal installments. So you're not paying any interest. And the key of the game when it comes to credit is to pay as minimum interest as possible. So it allows you to transfer your balance on credit cards from one card to the other. And, you know, I've done it many times, like when I, especially when I was young and flipping and buying properties, I would, you know, I'd renovate a property, put everything on the credit card and try to get a zero interest balance, zero interest card. And when that balance transfer, when that zero interest is about to expire and maybe I didn't pay it off in full, I'd try to transfer it onto another card. Am I making sense? And then the last thing they talked about is um, just a regular um, interest rate on that card. And a lot of them have teaser rates, so you need to pay attention. You could start off with a great rate, like a zero interest rate, which is the best rate you can get. And then over time, it will adjust. And you're not married to these credit cards. You can date them for a while and then put them to the side. Keep them over there. Don't use them. But you don't have to continue to use the same credit card for the rest of your life just because you have the card. You can seek and look other opportunities. Um, no, compounding you, interest. You, you, they, they can offer like you like like different different credit cards, you know. Like you don't have to always stay with, with just one. Like you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I was just about to ask Sean, um, just to clarify what you were saying before. Are you saying that like the debt basically is transferable from card to card? Um, is that like the crux of what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank you. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can transfer from card to card, and it's for you as a consumer to see what is the best deal out there, because your int- your business is you, so you have to. Banks, companies, mortgage companies, they're in a business of the, to make money. And it's for you, you're an interest, you're in the business of protecting your money and, as, and using it as best as you possible, maximizing it and, and leveraging your credit. That's what you're in the business of. And the bank is in the business of getting paid, right? But you both can work together. I love the bank as a partner. To be honest with you, sometimes I like the bank as a partner. Most times I like the bank as a partner than an individual because I know what my commitment is with the bank. As long as I make those payments every month, the bank is not going to call me. They're not going to harass me. They're not going to bother me. Trust me, I've had investors. They've given me $100. Hey, Sean, how's my $100 doing? How am I doing? When is it going to see? When is, when is my $100 going to turn into a million dollars? You said it was going to be next week. When is it going to happen? I, I'm still looking. I, I gave you my $100. Like, it's, it's Monday, and, you, and it's Tuesday, and I'm not hearing anything from you. Can you send me a statement every week, every day, to let me know how my $100 is doing? Versus the bank, you get a monthly statement every month, and as long as you meet that commitment, they're that silent partner that will work with you. And as, as the years go on, your relationship gets stronger, right? Um, balance. Oh, we talked about comp interest in the last class. And you know, comp is interest charged upon interest. So you guys should still be familiar with that. I don't need to go into it. We talked about it last week. Um, balance. The amount of money you owe on a bill, including any purchases, interest, late payment fees, transaction fees, annual fees, cash advance or balance transfer. So when you get a credit card, it'll show the balance. And beside it, we talked about, it'll show the minimum due. The minimum due doesn't mean that's what you have to pay. 
we, you know, the banks make their money off only paying you paying the minimum. That's when they can charge the most interest. So they're going to highlight that for you because they're in the business of charging interest. You know, banks take deposits, our deposits, and use it to lend money. Simple concept. So you have to understand that you want to pay over the minimum or you want to, you know, best thing, pay it in full, right? Um, balance transfers allow you to transfer the debt from one old car to new car. We talked about that already. Billing cycle, the inter- in- interval of the time between receiving bills, a billing cycle is reoccurring and is the most often set to repeat on a monthly basis. For example, a credit card will often send bills on the first day of the month or for services provided the previous month. Now, people always ask me, should I pay my credit card bill early before it's due? What do you guys think? If I have a credit card bill and they're giving me 30 days in which to pay it, should I pay it on the 15th day or on the 10th day and pay it early? And will it help me out if I pay early? So who says I should pay my credit card bill early or pay it when it's due? Pay it earlier. Earlier? earlier? Okay. E- I said pay it when it's due. Pay it when it's due. Why do you say that? Um, if you pay it early, it makes them look like you don't, you didn't need the money in the first place. You had the money all along. So why am I lending you money? It's good answer. I like it. Let me go a little deeper with it. In business, right? Especially when you have multiple things, you're you're growing as you all will, and you're all going to be successful. I know you will. There's a thing called stretching your payables, right? And it's about cash flow. You want to be able to manage your cash flow and you want to be able to have access to your cash flow when needed. You know, the thing is, in theory, your money staying in the bank is earning interest. And if you pay, take it out early, you're losing that interest to give somebody a payment that's not really due at that time. And so you want to hang on to your money as long as you can before without having to pay a fee. And so what it does, if you keep that same mindset of stretching your payables, paying when it's due versus paying early, It'll increase your cash flow and it'll create a mindset of how to manage money and grow well. It's not give, there's no advantage to paying girls. There's not like they're giving you a credit if you pay a week early. There's the only event is really a loss to you. So you want to pay when it's due, not a day after it's due. So if you don't have that discipline, then you would pay a few days earlier. But if you have the discipline, I would suggest like oh, three or four days before it's due, that's when you should make that payment. Because it'll get you that habit of learning to stretch your payables, learning to manage cash flow, right? Does everybody get it? Um, the last one is credit line. Yes. Go ahead, yeah. Jeff. The, uh, the limit on how much the lender will let you borrow. So if you, if you go to the lender and you get a credit card and let's say you start out with $1,000, which is it's common, it's not unheard of and you pay it on time and you have this card for a year and you get a promotion on your job or you make a few dollars more on the side, you can go back to that lender and say, listen, can I get an increase? And most of the time they'll give you a a longer credit limit and it may jump to 2000, could jump to 3000, or you can get additional cards. And before you know it, now you have 5,000, maybe 10,000 credit limit. As long as you're responsible, the credit companies will give you more credit as you go forward. And if you make more money and you can show that you're making more money, they'll also give you more credit as you go forward, as you go for 
a personal loan, car loan, all that is part of your credit limit. And we, we want to have the ability to exercise that by utilizing our credit report and our payment system as a habit. So that's the last one as a credit line. You have to know the, you should know these terms as you go forward. Get familiar with all of these terms because these terms are going to be presented to you as you go forward. Okay, take a picture of this screen if you need to. I just want to share with everybody. I just got this in the mail. If you can see it, they're giving me 100,000 points for me to sign up with this. <laughs> Translates into almost $1,400 in travel points for free. So does anybody think I'm going to sign up for that card? Yes, I'm going to yeah. sign up for that card. I bet you're going to sign up for that card. <laughs> And that's being on the other side. That'll take me and my wife to Jamaica, and we won't have to pay anything. You're going to take a financially clean class to Jamaica? Is that what you said? (laughs) (laughs) I hate to point it out, but we're already at time. Okay. Right. And those are the things that we're talking about. about That's, in in a nutshell, the the importance of having good credit. Because, like you said, that's a free tip for Jeff to go to Jamaica of doing just maintaining good credit. Right? And these are the things that are offered to people that uh, do that and you know, it's so much easier and faster to grow and obtain wealth in this country with, with great credit because you have this partner that's willing to help grow with you. All right, makes sense? We got through the whole class three, right? Okay, so there's a few more debt to income. I welcome you guys to take a picture of those definitions and then if you don't understand it, we'll talk about it in next class if that works for everybody. Yeah, maybe we could pick up here next class. We're gonna we're gonna reiterate some of the the other terms with an assignment. So yeah, and if necessary, Rachel. I mean, I know I hate to ask, but if necessary, we we can throw in a ninth class. I'm more than willing to do a ninth class to make sure that we get cover all the information. Yeah, I think maybe in one of our planning sessions we could talk about how to um how to you know catch up so that we're on. Okay, wonderful. All in in this cycle, so yeah, maybe we have to add another class. I see Nigel's giving that idea heart. And I want okay, to. Um, oh wait, Kika Kim has got a question. Oh, you want the slides and the videos from previous class? We'll get those. I think all the internship coordinators have the slides and videos from the previous. Um, and Joseph is asking about the assignment. Yes, it's going to be sent to you via email afterwards. So look out. Keep watch of your um your school emails and your internship coordinators will send it out. Can I make one quick point before we disconnect? And all of us here, the, the students here, most of them are below 20. They're in their 20s or less, give yeah. or take. 21 and, and under, yeah. So you, if you work to 60, that's at least another 40 years, <laughs> right? And if you make $50,000, that's almost, um, almost $2 million. That's over a million, that's definitely over a million dollars that's passing through your hands. This class is helping you hold some of that money. Most people get to be 60 and they don't have any of it. It has passed through their hands, just like the athletes. It passes through their hands, just like Mike Tyson. It 300 million passed through his hands and Don King got most of it. So, you know, we want to help you hold on to your money. Like Sean says, it belongs where, Sean? In your pocket. <laughs> okay, that's <a> clear version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
All right, all right, good people. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, and I look forward to meeting with you guys again next week. Thank that you, will be everybody uh, on Tuesday. Uh, thank you, Good Shepherd everyone. Crew. Thanks, right, everybody. Okay. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.